0: This podcast is part of the How We Are Network. For information on this episode and many other like-minded shows, visit howweare.org. That's H-O-W-W-E-A-R-E dot O-R-G. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another very special, but aren't they all special, episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I am your host, Ray Harkins, ever present as always to talk to a person and let you listen into that chat that we have. That's not only is it the point of the show, but I think that is what you enjoy. The guest this week is Brianna Collins from Tiger's Jaw. What a charming chat we had! She was just. As sweet as I thought she was going to be, I had only met her once before and had a very brief interaction with her, but all the stuff I've ever seen about her and all of our mutual friends have nothing but glowing things to say about her. It took us a while to schedule this. We kept missing each other. She went on vacation, all this other stuff, but we finally hooked up. We finally spoke on the phone and it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. But let's get some business out of the way and then I will tell you a little bit more about Miss Collins. I like to say miss or miz. So all during the month of May, this show is doing a fundraising drive. Visit patreon.com backslash xpurposex or you can just pop onto any of the social networks ...that exist for this particular show on Twitter or Facebook. Basically what we're trying to do, I need money to run this show. And of course, it doesn't cost a tremendous amount to put this together... ...but it's enough for me to be like, you know what, I've been doing this for two years... ...for free, for fun, and that's, that's essentially all I've been doing. You know, yeah, there's ads here and there, and there's some things that help contribute to cover the costs... ...but now I'm at the point where it's like, you know what, I want you, the listener... ...that downloads this on a semi-regular basis to become involved... And what's cool about this fundraising campaign, it's kinda like Kickstarter in the fact that there are rewards. So it's like if you contribute a certain amount of money a month, you will get cool stuff like bonus episodes, I could interview you for a future episode, stickers, buttons, a bunch of other fun stuff that I'm going to incorporate as the time goes on. I just need your help, plain and simple. That is what I'm looking for because I wanna pay my editor slash producer, Tom. I want to buy better recording equipment all these things I want to do to make the show better for you. And then in turn, more guests will come on. Cool stuff will happen. That sort of stuff. So like I said, visit patreon.com backslash x purpose x and you will be able to find the fundraising page and get all of the info that you need about that. For those of you that donated so far, I really, really appreciate it. June is when you're going to start seeing that stuff come through to you. The bonus episodes, the stickers, the buttons, the... All the other fun stuff, the private email list that you get on. So you get the episodes even before anybody else does. So let's move on. We started a YouTube page because a lot of people were hitting me up being like, hey, I want to listen to your show and I don't know how to. And it's like, well, first of all, how are you even interacting with this? Besides just tripping onto the website and being like, oh, I don't want to press play. So anyways... There's a site called YouTube. I think some of you are familiar with it. I started uploading episodes there. It's a slow but sure process because, you know, after all, this is like 100 some odd hours of of content I already have. So I'm just kind of hitting some of the more recent episodes, some of the more popular episodes. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people are interacting with the show that way, which is cool. So if you are listening via YouTube, good job. Thanks. Visit propertyofzack.com. Visit the show's website, 100wordspodcast.com. Email the show. Let's keep talking. Let's keep dialoguing. Business aside, let's talk about Brianna. Tiger Shaw is such an anomaly of a band because they really haven't been that active. Like, they've done tours here and there, but. Not to the point of where the fervor and excitement that people have over this band is like at such a groundswell. It's awesome to see because as you'll hear from our conversation, the band has essentially been sort of on the back burner. Since it started, they just didn't have the ability to tour because they're all in school and doing all this stuff. So in the near future, they will be taking this as a full-time endeavor sort of thing, but they still have to get some of their life obligations out of the way. But it was just an interesting conversation because usually the context in which bands start playing and performing is like we're gonna do this that is what our life is centered around whereas this it was kind of an accidental thing in regards to their own popularity and it's just really really cool to see all this kind of transpire and to get a person's perspective that's in the middle of it we talk about a bunch of awesome stuff i feel like she hit on a lot of stuff that she doesn't typically get asked about and is able to speak about so without further ado here is my conversation and i will talk to you afterwards Personal entry to the music you're creating and kind of you as a person. Okay. So I ran Sound and Fury for five years until we decided to not do it last year. So you guys played in 2008? Wait, 2009, right? You guys attempted to play in 2009.
1: 2009, yeah. I think it was just after I graduated high
0: school. Okay. It was myself and my my best friend Joey. We were the ones putting it on, and I was uh, very excited that you guys were able to make it out and play. And then obviously everything happened to where you couldn't play. And there was like, you know, there's, there's only like, whatever, I think five or six bands left to play. And obviously you were guys, you guys were one of them. And I just remember above all, I mean, it was a very traumatic experience in my own life, but above all, I felt so bad for the bands that couldn't play of just like, like a genuine sort of like sadness was like, Oh man, like all of these bands made such an effort (laughs) to come out here and then this stupid thing happened. I mean obviously I know you guys ended up playing that, you know, ridiculous house show that is forever immortalized on YouTube. <laughs> was was it was it weird for you guys coming out to the West Coast and kind of having this like this general air of enthusiasm about the band?
1: Yeah, I mean that was our first time ever going past the East Coast. So it was it was like really exciting. And a lot was happening, like I turned 18, like probably like three days before Sound and Fury or something like that. So I don't know, it's just all like really new and really exciting to finally be able to like do something like real with the band for so long. Well, like in still school. Right, had always been like in the way forever in the way.
0: Sure, so it yeah. felt like, it felt like being able to do something quote unquote legitimate and make it three thousand miles away from your home was like a uh, a sort of achievement in and of itself.
1: Yeah, and another thing too is that we grew up in this, like awesome area that has these other like really cool bands that are like doing that were doing it at the time too, and like we were still so young like Title Fight and the Men Singers and like they. We're all touring, and we hadn't really gotten to do, like, full U.S. tours yet. And it was so exciting to finally be able to, like, be like, yeah, like, we're getting in the van and we're doing it. Like, we're finally going to be gone for longer than two weeks. It's going to be crazy.
0: The way you're putting it makes it sound so cute, too. Like, it was, like, this charming thing, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to be able to spend a little more time away from home. And, like, as opposed to, I mean, I, I think a lot of people view touring as, like, this, you know... Uh, very high octane um experience and you guys it sounds like it was a it was a sweet enthusiasm
1: yeah i mean i don't think we've ever had a high octane tour <laughs> but <laughs> True. no it's always just been like fun that's like the most important part like for it not to become like this like super stressful like you know burden of a thing like it's still i feel like we still rarely tour so it's still like this very like lighthearted, fun thing that we like get to do
0: every year. Right. So
1: still feels kind of the same way. Like, yeah. wow, we finally get to go.
0: They're all centered around vacation, like, you know, the typical school vacation. So in a way it's like, cause I, I played in bands for years in high school and it was always one of those things where, you know, you'd come back after a summer and of course like, you know, the kids that don't play in bands, which is a majority of them were like, you know, Oh, Hey, where'd you, what'd you do over the summer? And it's like, Oh, you know, play video games or whatever. And then it was like, Oh, yeah, I was gone for, like, two months, like, on tour. And it was always that, like, what? Yeah. Do you have that experience, too? People are like, no, you're not in a band.
1: I feel like my school life, especially, was always kind of, like, very separate from the band. And even, like, sometimes meet people who were Tiger Shaw fans that didn't know, like, that I went to school with, that, like, didn't know that I was in the band. But I guess it's something that I don't, like, I don't know if advertise is the right word, but I'm not like, yeah, I'm, like, in this band. Like, if it comes up, it comes up, but I don't know. Especially funny during student teaching and then, like, the kids finding out and it being like, I didn't want it to become, like, this thing. that was in a band and I'm like, looking up on YouTube or something. So that was a pretty interesting situation.
0: You were, you were student teaching and that, that occurred? And so you had to kind of uh, handle that situation as it arose?
1: My cooperating teacher, who was amazing. Well, I I student taught in a high school, like, right outside of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't quite an inner city school, but it was definitely very urban and, like, very diverse. So I went in thinking, like, I'm not really sure, like, how many people will even know about Tiger's Jaw. Like, I had, like, it might happen, like, I don't know what, what that will be like when I encounter it, because I need to be seen as, like, you know, the teacher. You know, like, when I see kids at shows or, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I can be friends with them. I could talk to them. and But it, it, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to approach this if, like, they come up to me and they're like, I know who you are. Right. <laughs> Which did happen. And I basically had to be like, and this is also, like, you know, after uh, the whole ordeal last year with people leaving the band and a lot of people were confused. So that was one thing that some of my students would like ask me about. And I would just be like, listen, I would totally talk to you about this, but I just like can't talk to you about it here. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. here I am miss Collins outside of school. I'm Brianna and you can like talk to me about it. But, you know. It was kind of just an awkward. Now I work in an elementary school, and I do not worry about it.
0: (laughs) If you're finding out about Tiger's Jaw, you must have a really cool older brother or sister.
1: Although today, because it's like an elementary middle school, I overheard some of my eighth grade girls that were uh, in a study hall that I was subbing in. Mm -hmm. They were like, yeah, like... Have you heard about the stand B side? Like they're so cool. Like I'm going to Warped Tour this year, and I just like couldn't help but be like, "Oh my god, hilarious!" Like this is this is me as a 13 year old. Like it's hilarious to
0: see. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it, it's adorable to run into that that sort of like yeah. I mean, when you see that sort of youthful enthusiasm, you can't help but be like, "Oh, that's cute." Yeah, yeah. Because my my wife is a high school English teacher. She never played in a band or like did anything like that. But since I was always active in music, she always had kids come up to her and be like, "Your husband is is that guy that sings for that band." And it was one, it was one of those things she had to. I mean, she didn't get probably punished like you, where they were asking about the future plans of the band. <laughs> but she always she always had to navigate that because yeah, you don't want to break down that level of like, okay, I'm an authority figure. I really shouldn't be looked at as like a peer, even though we're, pro- we're we can be cool. But there, there there's that line you need to you know be professional. Yeah,
1: that's exactly. Because I am, like, especially when I was, like, student teaching, like, you know, like, my seniors were 18, you know, like, like I have friends that are that old. So it was just like, when I'm in that setting, like, they need to respect me like a teacher. And so I didn't want to be like their friend. Like, I'm like you know too cool with them but i didn't want to be like i didn't want to shut them out either because that's obviously something that i could like talk to them about and relate to them and yeah i don't know i think it, in the end it, it did help me it mm-hmm. gave me kind of this little bit of a thing that's like interesting i guess about me being their teacher but yeah i didn't like play youtube videos of tiger Shuffle right. or anything It was just, <laughs> just like if they found out they found out i was not like.
0: hey check this out guys here's a sampler Got a new record coming out.
1: <laughs> the only time I did, like, really talk about being in the band and kind of how it relates, like, being in the band has helped me with, like, what I'm going to school for and being, an, like, an artist, quote-unquote, and stuff like that. Like, I talked to the AP class about it because I believe all Tiger's Jaw art is, like, stuff that I've done. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if your friends have a band or if you know someone that has, like, this platform where they could, like, put your work out there, like, that's basically what I've – it started as just, like – oh, this is convenient and, like, something that I'd love to do to, like, now, you know, like, I feel like, it's like my thing now to kind of like do our art stuff and designs you, and now I help with a couple other bands doing stuff like that so
0: yeah yeah you're taking the sometimes intangible unpractical thing of you know being an artist and doing stuff for your band but then being able to apply it to other areas of your life and then it's like oh no this this can work and this is how you can apply that so but you you yourself you were born and raised in like the uh Scranton area or Doylestown <laughs> well
1: yeah it's uh the eastern side of Pennsylvania but I was born in, like, northeastern Pennsylvania, like, 20 minutes outside of Scranton, kind of a more rural area. I went to high school with Greg Barnett from the Menzingers and Bob Barnett from Captain North Got it. But that's actually through them. That's, like, how I met Adam and, like, how I ended up joining Tiger's Jaw because, you know, Hamlin is literally the middle of nowhere, it seems, and you have to, like, drive 30 minutes to go to the mall or anywhere, really. They just got a Dunkin' Donuts. It was, like, the biggest deal in the world.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Lines are on the block.
1: Well, yeah, there aren't sidewalks, but if there were, I'm sure. What
0: was your family structure like? Like brothers and sisters and uh, mom and dad or what?
1: I have, well, a mom and a dad, and they're awesome They. I still live in the house that I born and moved into. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two older brothers, but they're 10 and 11 years older than me. That was a pretty interesting thing growing up. Like, when I was eight, they were graduating high school. So right. now that I'm getting older, it's kind of—we've gotten closer as I've gotten older, sort of
0: yeah, know, catching up to them. Well, totally. Because what, what, what high schooler is going to be like, oh, yeah— like my eight-year-old sister, like I don't, I don't really even know where to begin with
1: that. They were really good with me, though. From like I, I have really good memories of like they obviously had to babysit me because they're the per- they were the perfect age to babysit when I was <laughs> like seriously needing a babysitter. So. They never really, I, at least from my memory, I don't, like, they would bring me around and, like, their friends were always really nice to me. It was funny because when I was in high school, like, some of their friends are my teachers. And, I don't <laughs> know. It was, it, was, it was pretty, I don't remember it being that bad. I remember one time, though, like, I am the baby and the only girl, but, like, they're two boys, and I remember one time we were all having, like, a pillow fight or something while they were babysitting me, and my one brother, like, knocked me straight off the bed, and I got, like, a bloody nose. It was, like, horrifying. Sure. And my mom was so pissed off. But other than like typical yeah. childhood brother-sister stuff, brother-sister fights, yeah.
0: I always find it interesting, too, when the family structure, when you do have children so far apart in age. To me, it, stri- it strikes me as your, your parents were probably like, hey, maybe maybe we should have a girl. <laughs> that then, was
1: literally it. Okay. That was literally, they like wanted a girl and like tried and tried. And I don't know, like then it happened. <laughs> <laughs> They were happy about it, though.
0: And what, what did your parents do for a living as you were growing up?
1: Um, my mom is a nurse. Well, she's a nurse, but she was this is like a wordy to say the director of geriatric services okay. at a hospital. So she basically like senior medical mental health stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad worked at this like plant for RCA, like the you know TVs and stuff. Oh yeah. But they they like moved to Mexico. They did the whole thing where they like laid off all their workers. So. Mm-hmm i had to have been like starting high school or something but he started working at this place called deluxe digital studios and they get stuff ready for like amazon prime and like netflix and hulu and all that stuff and that's like what my brother does in california but my dad's job (laughs) was to like i would have loved that he he had to like watch movies like over and over again and make sure all of the details were correct Uh like My only way to explain it is, like, he had to do all the games and stuff. So for, like, Saw 4 or something like that, they had a game where it was 99 questions. But if you got a question wrong, it took you back to the beginning. And, like, think about Saw. And so he had to test it and make sure that he had to, like, play the game so that he got every question wrong to make sure that it took you back to the beginning. Oh,
0: my gosh.
1: Yeah, he did that. He's retired now. He deserves it.
0: Yeah, quality quality control. Yeah. Geez, that's crazy. And so, the, and the way that you're describing your town, it's like I'm envisioning it like the proverbial one-stop light town.
1: Basically that, like minimal street lights. Like you're lucky if there are lines in the center of the road. Mm-hmm. And like it really wasn't that bad. Like I don't know. I feel like I was looking like, at my parents. Like always took me to, to go and do whatever I wanted. And Scranton's not that far. But they, work, they don't work in Hamlin. Like they work in... Mentioned. Got it, got
0: so, it. Yeah. So would you would you classify it more as like rural or suburban?
1: Definitely rural.
0: Okay. Your address may have just been like, you know, Highway 48, uh, you know, P.O. P- 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 box, whatever.
1: Yep, like Road 7 or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they changed it. Cause I live on kind of like a cul-de-sac type thing. It's actually like a hill, mm-hmm. but they, they gave it a name, but it, it was Road something and right. like when I was really little. But they had to change everything for like... 911
0: call so it was like more specific sure yeah they're but, not just yeah. they're not just tossing you in a general area oh yeah they're over there yeah
1: they're on road seven somewhere
0: <laughs> and so then as as you were you know growing up in your formative years what kind of kid were you what what were you uh looking at your older brothers trying to be kind of a tomboy or did you find yourself you know a uh, a sensitive artist type like uh you know as you were <laughs> uh, as you were as you were going through high school and so-
1: well i think when i was like really little um I was lucky that at, at the time when I was growing up, there were a lot of really great families living, like, in my neighborhood. That was kind of more of, like, what you'd imagine as a suburban setup, where I could, like, walk across, like, my street to go to a neighbor. But mind you, we were on, like, a hill, and then, like, the next lot of neighbors would be, like, far. So I was the, the families all had boys. So I guess, like, I liked to, you know— ride my bike down the trails in the woods and, like, look for salamanders and, like, that kind of thing when I was little. But I've never been, like, a super girly girl. But I guess I kind of am now. I love, like, wearing dresses and getting my nails painted. Sure. But in high school, I really liked music in seventh grade. I had a crush on a boy, and he made me a mix, and that kind of, like...
0: Of course. Oh, that's huge. Set
1: the tone. Yeah, it it was pretty huge.
0: This was totally my, I, mean, I think it's most guys' moves, but in as much detail as you can, what format was it on? Was it on a tape or was it on an actual CD? It was on
1: a... It was on a CD, okay. um, and I don't know if it was made specifically for me or like a, <laughs> a burned copy of something. Sure, it was a mix of like it had brand new on it, like early like your favorite Weapon stuff, but then it had like Streetlight like Manifesto songs. Okay, I don't know. And at that time, I was also like Fall Boy and you know that kind of stuff.
0: Because I was a big fan of this move. Did he write descriptions of why he put the songs on the actual mix for you?
1: <laughs> no, he wasn't. Oh, he wasn't that tall. Seventh grade, we we were about twelve, so <laughs> I don't know if he had gotten to that point yet where he was really.
0: He didn't know his move yet. You know, was that kind of how you cut your teeth on music? Was it was it Fall Out Boy and that sort of you know pop punk stuff that you became o- aware to you? And how did you get introduced to that?
1: Seventh grade, just that pivotal year. I, um, one good thing about Hamlin is, like I said, Bob and Greg both went to my high school, and they're like a little Greg's two years older than me, and Bob's two years older than me, but they were like running shows and doing shows and stuff. And I remember I went to something called a Mighty John show, which was just at a local church. And it was like a ska show. Cause of course everybody's super into ska then, which they probably still are. But <laughs> my mom let me go because it was like at a church and she obviously didn't like know what it was really. I was just like, Oh yeah, we're going to this thing. And she dropped me off and I don't know. I just like love that. I love like being at a show and like seeing this music and, it was the first time I crowd surfed. It was, like, Whoa. got really into Street Manifesto and Brand New were, like, my favorite bands. And then, I don't know, I started just, like, making friends that were, like, going to shows and, you know, listening to the same kind of stuff that I was. A lot of people had older siblings that were, like, kind of closer, like, unlike me. Like, their older brothers would be, or and older sisters would be, like, you know, we were in middle school, but they were in high school and, like, starting to do all the this- stuff that was also something that was like introducing me more to like going to shows and like stuff like that.
0: But Right, you had, some, you had something to kind of like look up to.
1: My own brothers like, they didn't really have a similar like taste in music. They were listening to like rap or like country or something, which I do like a little bits of either of those, but like like in the early 2000s it wasn't like something that I was trying to trying to
0: listen to. So then as you started to uh get involved with this stuff, did, did your parents have any idea what to do with you?
1: Yeah, not really. I mean, My oldest brother, Jason, is really good. He's, like, super smart, very intelligent, was really good at golf and tennis, and he has, like, three master's degrees or something right now. He's, like, my other brother, Justin, who is only, like, a year younger than Jason, super athletic, amazing at sports, still is the track coach for my high school, (laughs) Um, and then I, like, did well in school like academic wise and I liked sports like I did when I was younger I did like gymnastics and swimming I danced until I graduated high school but I also liked art and music and like I did a lot of of stuff like with the the art program at my high school and I did this thing called Arts Alive which was like an intensive art program in the summer that sold in and so I think it was just like my parents like had like one one and then the other that were like very like you know Jay was good at school and like doing these things and Justin like doing these things and I just like doing a whole bunch of things and especially like the music stuff and going to shows like they didn't really like necessarily get but they I think they knew that it was like a good outlet for me and it wasn't like something where bad things were happening so I was, like super lucky that they like let me go because Cafe Metropolis which was like the big venue not big in size but like the right. venue that a lot of bands played at in Wilkes-Barre it's, 40, it's 45 minutes away from my parents' house. My mom would let Greg drive. She, like, didn't let anybody under the age of 18 drive me for some reason. So she was, like, if Greg was driving when I was younger, she would, like, let him or someone else of my friends. I was, like, older, like, drive me down and I'd get to, like, go to shows and stuff. So, I don't know, I feel very lucky that my parents, although they didn't, like necessarily get it and i still don't think they get it they like came to a show in scranton in december when we did like the holiday show and Mm -hmm. you know i think they could see like how it's like kind of like a legitimate thing you know what i mean we're not like i don't know i don't want to say like you're not a legitimate band if you're not like playing in front of a bunch of people i feel like to my parents who have like no real concept of going to a show like You're like, oh, okay, go. Mm You shouldn't do anything like that. Right.
0: Well, it's just, I I think the biggest thing is just kind of putting it in context. Like, even, you know, playing in front of 150 people inside of a, you know, hot, sweaty room, if you show a parent that, you'll be like, oh, wow, like someone is finding something that my kid is doing of worth. And like that, yeah. that is that that kind of puts it in context. Where it's like, oh, they're not just you know wasting their time doing some experimental art project to you know one person in a weird room in the middle of Baltimore. So, like you know something that's just like, yeah, oh, you're you're completely quote unquote wasting your time. But that's cool. That's cool that they were that they gave you that uh, that leash to go on rather than you know be like, oh, we don't understand this. We need to really lock down on her. <laughs> I mean,
1: I'm sure at some points when I was, like, you know, 14 and, like, in my room alone, like, blasting, like, my My Chemical Romance recruiter, they were like, what is going on? (laughs) But they never, like, told me not to listen to certain music. Like, they just kind of, like, let me do my own thing as long as I was still, like, you know, keeping good grades and, like, I was in, like, a million clubs. So it wasn't like I was, like, a loner or anything. Like, I still, like, to them, I feel like, seemed, like, fine. my own things i guess right
0: well yeah you were were being active and productive from like the sort of stereotypical high school experience as far as you know like you said clubs and athletics and that sort of stuff but you might have been doing things that weren't you know the, the that might not be the first or second choice of most typical high school students but you were still active which obviously you know calms parents from that perspective of they're like okay my kids, just like you said, my kids alone in his room, his or her room. They're not doing anything. They're not participating. <laughs> what do they care about? That's. I think that's what sets parents' alarm bells off. Where it's like they need to care about something, right? As you obviously became immersed in, you know, all uh, going to shows and all that sort of stuff. Because Tigers Draw, for all intent and purposes, is your first band, right?
1: Yeah, I was going to say the only band, but I guess I'm like kind of in pedal now. So yeah, like my first, the first band I've ever played in,
0: right. Tigers Draw. Right, which is which is really disheartening for most people to hear because normally you're supposed to play in some terrible bands when you're obviously <laughs> in high school, and then you 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 get to just be like, oh well, yeah, I do this thing, and you know, and of course, Tiger Shaw is obviously evolved sonically, but you know, even on your, your your first releases, there was elements of what you are doing now in it. So yeah, basi- basically, I think most people will hear this and just be like, you know what, screw you, you didn't play in a terrible band. <laughs>
1: I mean, I just got really lucky because Adam and Ben were writing, like, music that I liked. And that was, like, one reason why when Adam, Adam and I were, like, talking on AIM and he was like, yeah, our keyboard is quit. And I was like, well, I've been piano lessons for eight years. Like, I could help you out if you, like, need someone to play at a show. And, like, that's just, like, basically how it happened. I, like, played a show with them and then they were like, you want to be in the band? And I was like, yeah. And I, like, sat down while I played, like, a true piano player. It was hilarious. <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> so
0: you, uh, you like you did that actually at your actual first show. You sat down and like pulled out a chair and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I had a chair.
0: That's spectacular because that's how you play piano, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> that was the only context in which you knew.
1: Yeah. So the uh, I was so nervous, but oh, it's
0: really funny in retrospect. In ma- well, if you weren't nervous, I would have questioned you because even if you are not nervous, like you, you shouldn't really, you know, look cool. On stage, like when you're that young, and you're just trying. Like, I definitely it out. didn't. I still don't
1: think I really have it figured out, but you know, at least I'm not sitting down. You know, yeah, I'm,
0: I, it, it's funny you say that because I, I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree that you know you don't. You look like when I mean the last time I saw you guys play was when you know you played Chain Reaction the last time you came through, and it, it, it is one of those things. Like I think just because you guys don't have that sort of like full time touring mindset of like, okay, here we are. we're tiger's jaw. We're this really professional band. um because that that's obvious that's obviously what like most bands, you know, strive to be. And since you guys have yeah. haven't had that on your agenda, there is this sort of like just, uh you know, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it without sounding like a slam. like because <laughs> it's like it's like a a sort of lackadaisical like, Hey, you know, we're Tigers John. We're just kind of showing up to play some songs for you guys. There are very few bands that can pull it off without being like, Oh, come on. Like, give me a break. Hopefully you sound okay.
1: <laughs> well, the, that and after, you know, Adam was always the one that talked during shows. So obviously Ben and I had to, uh, I still don't really talk. I'm always like so afraid that I'm going to say something that like will come across as like not making sense or I don't know. <laughs> so Ben does do most of the talking now, but that's also why we're still kind of figuring it out.
0: Totally, I could I could see that Where it's just like. Oh yeah, well here I yeah hey guys, how's it going? Here here we are in front of you. Here's some songs.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna tell a joke, but
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I definitely do feel that they're uh, you know you know some people obviously have sort of a, a stage persona so to so to speak you know where it's like they get on stage and you know they're still themselves but they're maybe a more heightened version of themselves. But I mean, you in particular definitely feel like you exist completely in the same world, both on and off stage. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a
1: choice. so I'm not asking
0: the crowd how they're doing tonight. or anything. Right. Maybe, maybe I'll, I will be asked. You guys okay? Right? How's it going, Houston? You guys ready? Yeah. <laughs> you know, along those same lines, like the you know, just because Tiger Shaw has existed, like we were joking about earlier, in this world of of. Your popularity continues to rise as far as like more people knowing about you guys and, uh, you know, more people paying attention to what you're doing. But you're not a full time touring band from that perspective because obviously you've all dedicated yourselves to school and other avenues of life. I presume that's been sort of, uh, well, it's been intentional that you guys have obviously focused on school and not making the band the, you know, sort of typical, let's drop everything, we need to do this, you know, has that something that's been sort of difficult for you personally to navigate? Uh, Or did did you ever want to, at some point, be like, yes, I want to drop everything and and do this band from a full-time perspective?
1: Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Okay. I feel like I've thought about that a lot. Like, especially when I was just starting school and seeing Title Fight do that and, like, do well, and, like, it, like, worked out for them, and I was, like, why, like, we could totally do this, but the difference between, like, our situation and their situation is that, like, Ned ben, well, and Ben, Jing and Gota didn't even start college, which was the wisest choice, I think, but, like, Ned and Ben were just starting school, and Shane wasn't, like, you know, like, he went back to school, like, when they were doing their freshman year, but he wasn't, like, you know, this is where I really need to be, like, they all kind of had to sit you know, they were all ready to, like, put school on hold and, like, do it, whereas I was a freshman at the same time as Ned and Ben were, but then and Dennis are two years ahead of me, and uh, Pat and Adam were three years ahead, so people were just, like, like, everybody was, like, almost done, you know what I mean? And then when I had started and they had finished, like, then it was their time to, like, wait for me to be done you know so in the end i'm like really happy that it turned out that way but i can't say that like i never wished that we couldn't have just done it because i feel like we could have you know dropped out and been a band and like made it work Mm -hmm. but now i'm happy that after ben is done uh working towards his siege pathology license like we'll have like I'm a certified teacher. So He'll be a license pathologist, and then we could like go a hundred percent at the band and then if you know we you know wanna come back to like real quote-unquote, real-life, like, jobs, like, we have that. Yeah. And so I'm really happy that we ended up doing it that way, but it was difficult at times, especially when, like, you get tour offers. Even still, like, we get, I'll get a text, and it'll be like, this band, like, asked about you guys doing this tour in the fall, and it's like, yeah, I, I can't do it, and I'm bummed, but we will do something cool eventually. Like, it will happen, <laughs> so. Right, right. The,
0: the impression that I always got, you know, from you guys was that, that focus on like, we're going to get our real life set up first and then we can pursue this sort of, you know, this alternate universe of, of being in a band and touring and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's, that's interesting that you obviously had a, had a struggle in your own head, you know, backing up, like when you did first start to go to shows, like, was it always in your head that you wanted to play in a band or was it one of those things where you just... I cr- never
1: imagined being in a band. Okay. It kind of happened really fast. Like, I started going to shows, like, like 12, 13, and, like, but not, like, every weekend, like, just, like, when there was a show that I wanted to see, and, like, going to Warped Tour and stuff like that, but, like, when I was 14 was when I started to, you know, kind of more consistently go to shows and make those friends that were, like, wanting to drive to screen to go to a show and stuff like that, and that's how I met Adam, and it kind of just happened really fast, like, basically the summer I think it was the summer that I turned 15 that, that like I joined Tiger Shaw I always get like confused Ben knows better than me he has a much better memory than I do <laughs> but like it all happened like very fast it was like I was going shows and all of a sudden I was in a band but like I never like like I didn't start a band I didn't like seek it out it kind of just like happened right and right. like now I can't imagine like not being in Tiger Shaw or like not being in a band especially not being in Tiger Shaw I like, can't imagine it it's like, it's so much a part of my life.
0: Does it make you nervous from that perspective of, because obviously there's, there's a certain uh, concept of an identity that is obviously incorporated into, you know, your band. Like you, obviously you're Brianna from Tiger's Jaw. Like that is what, you know, your quote unquote average music listener will know you as. Does it sit in your head that you obviously try to, like you were similar to what you're doing, obviously we were talking about in school, how you have to kind of separate those two. Um, is that is that something that kind of goes through your head where it's like, okay, I can't place too much of my identity in this band?
1: Um, I think I don't really think about that just because we're not really doing the band like that much. Sure. But I don't know. I guess I guess like quote Brianna from Tiger's Jaw does come out like have to come out. I don't know. I don't even, I don't really think about it like that as much. I don't think. Like yeah. when we're on tour, it kind of feels like that. Or like if I go to a show or like get recognized or something, which just still like like that's when it feels like that like oh somebody knows me like from this band but like yeah. other than that i don't really i guess i don't
0: really like feel that way sure sure it's something when you're in the middle of it it's definitely hard to put in context and you know as as, as things progress and obviously if certain things you know take more of a backseat in your life that's when it's like you, you you have the time to look back and like oh okay like i can i can see where this all sort of transpires not only in the you know 30 minutes that we spoke but you yourself the demeanor in which you put out into the world is you know you are a very sweet charming you know uh, soft spoken person uh, it's one of those things where the, the the common conception, especially of independent music, is that there is you know some element of either turmoil or um, you know you don't identify with a lot of pieces in the world. Whether it's like oh I don't you know I don't feel like one of the you know one of my peers or whatever. There's a juxtaposition there with with the image that you that you obviously have, and then that sort of common you know independent music listener. You know, did you identify with that sort of stuff as you were? Um, you know, listening to My Chemical Romance in, in your bedroom alone? Um, and, you know, how did that all kind of transpire in your head as far as that's
1: concerned? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess I definitely felt like I could relate to other people, like, through, like, the similar type of music that I was listening to. And I obviously, like, identified with the lyrics in some way, like, like I'm not okay, I promise. Like, when you're, you know, a teenager, I mean, even still, like, you're like pissed or you're upset or mad especially like when I was younger and like you know boyfriends and friendships that were like tumultuous and my parents were awesome but it wasn't like I never like fought with them or anything so I think for me like that was like what music was like just like a very comforting thing and like I loved being able to relate to lyrics like someone wrote that and it's like I could have written it like sounds so corny but it's like I guess that's that's like how I related to it.
0: Yeah, well, no, I think that that's an important point because, I mean, it, art doesn't necessarily need to be, like, created from pain, you know? You can create something from, obviously, so many of their different emotions, and then you can identify with something, you know, maybe not the sort of, like, you know, antisocial, anti-authoritarian, you know, independent music construct, but you could be like, no, these lyrics speak to me because it makes me feel comfortable and so photography has obviously been a huge part of your life and that's that's something that you do you still continue to study at school
1: well that's what i majored in yeah i majored in photography and then i have a concentration in art education and the school that i went to basically is like putting a dual major into one thing because some of the classes overlap for art education and like getting a bfa Okay. Sorry, I'm like getting in my car. That's okay. My Bluetooth is about to do something weird, so hold on, let me, let me <laughs> no, fix it.
0: no problem. Photography is obviously such a huge component of music in general because there obviously is a way to visually represent what a person is trying to create sonically. Has that been something that you've found the relationship between the two pretty symbiotic?
1: Well, I actually got into photography because I really wanted to do band photography mm-hmm. and I used to bring like my parents little and shoot camera to shows until one time I got it stolen out of show when I set it down. Um, but I split the cost of uh, like a rebel XTI like digital SLR camera with my parents for Christmas when I was 16. and I took like a darkroom photography class in high school. So I was shooting like film and digital like through high school. Like, the band photography kind of, like, took more of a backseat to obviously exploring, like, more, I don't know, what you have to do in art school. You know, like, like a full-on project with, like, an artist statement behind it kind of thing. But on tour, like, that's, like, one thing I love to do. Like, I love to, like, have my camera with me and just kind of, like, you know, document, like, what we're like doing like last year we got to uh, yeah last year we went to a uh, like Kurt Cobain's house and it was just like so pretty and like I was so glad that I like had my camera with me and, like now I have those pictures forever but they're not like on my phone they're like actual like
0: right prints
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah 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 you, you you have something tangible that you can look back on and be like oh that was that was a very special moment it's something I cannot relate to but I'm always interested in is the the conception of obviously being a female with an independent music having that I wouldn't even call it a burden, but that responsibility placed on you just because there's obviously not as many girls in bands and obviously even girls at shows in general. Was that was that something that was uh, interesting for you as you first started to go to shows and notice like, hey, I am one of, you know, 15 girls at this show. Like, when did did you start to notice that being a thing? I feel
1: like in our, like, at least. In the Scranton scene, like when I was younger and going to shows, like there w- I had a lot of girlfriends that, like were at shows, so it never really felt like this super outnumbered thing. And of course, because like when I did Tiger Shaw, we were playing shows like in Scranton, and we like all knew each other. It wasn't like oh, like you're a girl in a band, like kind of thing. But I definitely have experienced things that are solely like I'm a girl, and you're like making this assumption because I'm a female. Like type of thing, mm-hmm. like like you try to get in, they're like, and you say you're in the band, and they're like what band? Me having to like prove, like yeah, I'm not lying, like. <laughs> all
0: right It's kind of a, a a disbelief that you actually do like you do play in a band.
1: Yeah, it hasn't. I mean, that hasn't happened in like years. Sure. Like a couple years, but I don't know. I feel too like because I'm a girl, like I get the kind of attention, like. Um, and it do, it's not like it doesn't happen to boys either, because I totally see it happen to boys in bands. When I was younger, I totally did it too, Or like, you're like, oh, my God, like, he's so good-looking, blah, blah, blah. And not saying that, like, that's what, like, all people say about me, but I feel like, you <laughs> right. know, like, if I ever feel strange desire to, like, maybe, like, search my name on a hashtag and, like, see what comes up, like, you know, like, I see, like, a weird things. Right. So I'm just like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will not marry you. <laughs> no, I don't think I'll ever love you like that. <laughs> but it's all—it's it, all like fairly innocent. Like there, there have rarely been any that have made me feel truly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I did recently experience—I uh, don't even like feel like really acknowledging it—but there was like a stalking incident with myself and um, Kylie, who's in Pedal, and a couple of our friends. Mm-hmm. Like this person who found us through Tiger's Jaw. He's a Tiger's Jaw fan, and you know, got really obsessed which he's relaxed, thank God, probably realized that like it wasn't a good idea to like, you know, me- message my friends on Tumblr a hundred times a day. Ugh. Yeah, I guess, like stuff like that. But I feel like that could all au- I definitely think that there are like some inequalities and like definite differences with being like a female in a band. And I- I'm not like I don't consider Tiger's jaw like a female fronted band, which I feel like the girl girls who are in like female fronted bands like face a lot a lot of stuff too, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody compares them to Paramore. And right. I love Paramour. Right. But you know, and just stuff like that. But
0: Well no, that that's interesting. I mean I, I, I do think it's interesting. The the sort of object of affection. Um that yeah. that is totally <laughs> that's a good word for it. It happens to everybody, and it's so strange like the the bands that I used to play in I sang for them, and so by default, people will pay attention to you because you sing in a band that's a reality and so it it yeah. beca- it became so strange for me to have like you know a, a female approach me and only be interested in me, not because of the way I looked, not because of everything else, but because I got on stage and grabbed a microphone and like it took me a minute to realize like like whatever. Whatever relationship could be, you know, gotten out of that is not meaningful and is not like. No, yeah. And it is is really strange to kind of have that, you know, sitting in your head where it's like, oh man, people are looking at me like that. Like, that's weird. Like, you feel like a a piece of meat in a way.
1: Yeah, sometimes it feels like that. I feel like, too, because I am like the only girl. I don't know. But, like, it's never been like something that's like been a thing in the band. Like, it's not like. Right. You know, they're like, oh, like, there was a girl. Like, I think I talked on a small talk about them making boy jokes, which I kind of regret saying, but, like, (laughs) just, like, things that they, like, joked around with each other that I necessarily didn't, like, you know, vibe with. Right. But I think in a band and, like, being a girl, like, female, has also been, like, a really, like, positive thing for me, too, because... I've had girls come up to me and say, like, how, like, like, they see that I do it, and they're like, I feel like I could do it it, too. And I'm like, hell yeah, like, why not? Like, I didn't even, like, not that it's, like, easy to be in a band, but, like, just start a band, like, sure, like, find friends that do it, and, like, just try. Like, I don't think, like, being, like, male or female should, like, prohibit you from, like, doing what you, like, want to do. So, I think that's been, like, a really rewarding part, because, like, it's something that I, like, truly love, and, like... You know, want to do for as long as
0: possible and i hope that like i don't know girls see that and like yeah i know exactly what you're talking about because I mean, it's like i've i mean on this particular podcast it's like i've done you know 100 some odd episodes and you know you are like my fourth or fifth girl the sort of feedback that i get from people in regards to females appearing on the show is honestly so much stronger where they're like thanks for having that and it's like to me, it's not intentional. Like, of course, I desire to speak to people of all different walks of life, but the the reactions of, like you were saying, that's sort of like empowering, like, oh, wow, you know, my, my, my sex doesn't have to be a barrier for entry, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Which is exciting. The, the, the last thing I want to hit on was because, because of the... the nature of being in a band and and leaving and, you know, being in a relationship and like having the context of, of touring and being able to sustain a relationship while you're obviously not only on the road, but, uh, you know, as your significant other tours and stuff like that. Um, Have you yourself found that more beneficial that, you know, that you both have a common understanding of like, okay, this is what it's like to be on tour and this is what it's like to do this rather than like having one person that you're involved with not have an understanding of Um,
1: it. Um, I, I definitely feel like for myself, it has helped with like especially the more I've gotten to tour, trying to understand like okay, so he might not be able to talk to me right now, but that's because he's actually busy and not just like you know, I'm not just assuming that he's like having fun all the time like it it, it is like actual work at a point, like sure. the best kind of work, but you know like you still have stuff to do and it, it definitely was hard harder when I was in school. Well, it was, I don't know, it was, it was easier and harder when I was in school because it was easier because I was distracted and, like, very focused, and I feel like us both having our own kind of, you know, our own shit going on, like, you know, I could do my own thing and, like, not have to rely on him being home to, like, you know, function as a normal human, like, I, you know. I can like live my life like while he's gone and living his and doing his own stuff and we can still like be in a relationship and be happy and but it was hard too because you know anytime he'd get to do something like really fun or cool you know and I'm like writing a, a, an eight page paper you know <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like come on
0: yeah you're but, like this is kind of a bummer but I'd now
1: th- now we live together so it's like we'll see we yeah I've really <laughs> been on tour that much sure but I'm about I'm the one that's like going for the longest since that happens so yeah yeah. I don't know it's just like kind of become a normal thing like we've been dating for six years so it's like I don't know like Tiger Sean Title Fight did their first tours like their first real tours kind of together right even though I wasn't allowed to go. But since <laughs> well, then title fight's basically been touring. So it's just something that I've kind of grown accustomed to and he's really gonna talk on the phone to
0: me. So Yeah. Well no, that's the I mean it's cool because it definitely, you know, it because you've obviously had the long experience of being together and watch each other, you do have a better understanding of I mean, not only where each other is coming from, but obviously, you know, a gradual change as opposed to like, you know, you all of a sudden meeting him now. And dating him and being like, oh, I got to get used to, like, you're gone for this long? Yeah. This, this sucks. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I guess in that way, like, it was, I don't know if lucky is the
1: right word. I do feel lucky, but. Y-
0: yes. Right, right, right. <laughs> the, the timing was right. <laughs> the last thing I want to hit on was the idea of, obviously, like you were mentioning earlier, in the fact that there is a horizon in which uh, Tiger's Jaw obviously can be a more, you know, basically the focal point of your life.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Finally,
0: yeah, exactly. Is that something that I mean? I I sense the excitement in your voice. Is there any trepidation as well of like, oh man, this could be scary. That you, this could you know fail miserably within a year, um, or is it one of those things where it's like, oh, because we've we've got ourselves uh, set up in in the normal life, we can always return to that.
1: I think there's that. I think for me, it's tough because like right now, I'm in like this strange. We're in like a strange transitional period where like I graduated college and now I'm doing this kind of temporary-esque job of substitute teaching and I like I've gotten like you know job offers from a couple of the schools that I work for for like more full-time positions but it's like do I like I I really like we want to do Tiger's job so I'm like holding off on doing that obviously hoping that I'm like making the right decisions but like we've been working towards this for like eight years so it's nine years I don't know however long it's been but if we don't like at least try to like do, like, a couple tours in a row. Like, I don't think we need to be a band that tours, like, nine months out of the year. Like, we never have been. But I'd like to to go places and do things that we've been, you know, held back from doing because, you know, we've had to finish school. We've had to finish, like, getting our, you know, professional shit together.
0: Yeah.
1: So, I'm excited. And it is, like, comforting to to know that, like, I'm uh, working for this one woman who's going on maternity leave for three months in the fall at the same school and you
0: know just making
1: like connections with people at a school district that I really like and you know what I mean so it's like when I and it's not like I hide being in a band from them so you know they know that like that's something I want to do and I'm hoping that I make like a good enough relationship with them that maybe you know when it does come, you know comes time to maybe Take a step back from touring and like do something else. To, like you know, let me sub again, or like maybe see if something to share or something. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's all very nerve wracking,
0: but such is life. Yeah, it's, it's very true. It is interesting because I do feel like there is there is an element of you know because the, the the you know the old adage of you know being you know young and dumb, where it's like when you're you know when you start to tour when you're whatever sixteen seventeen eighteen years old. Um, sometimes you don't even have the wherewithal to either appreciate what you're surrounded by and like experiencing. You're just like concerned about having fun, and that's like it. So maybe, yeah. maybe just because obviously you're a little bit older and have a little bit more perspective on the stuff that you can enjoy. Um, you know, y- it might be it might be you have a finer appreciation of tours as opposed to just like. Oh wow! What's what's the next fun thing I get to do? You know, so it could be it could be cool from that perspective.
1: I definitely think that, and I also like I'm only 22. So do I really like if I say, hmm, do I want to like tour with my band because I finally have the chance, or do I want to like work at the same place every day for the next you know 180 days? I feel like I'm out of like the point in my life where I still have like I don't have kids, like I'm not married, like I'm at, like like a really good position to. To do like what I want to want to do, and like, then, too, like once we're finally, once we finally have everything done, like I'm just so excited to to go and see new places, and like you said, like appreciate it all and take it all in while
0: I can. No, for sure, it's super exciting. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out and uh, chopping it up with me. I appreciate it. So there you go. There is my conversation with Priyana. Just what a sweet girl, right? I mean, like I said, I was expecting her to be cool. But then afterwards, it was just like, oh, she's charming. She's great. I'm glad she's, she's one of the good people doing the good things. So like I said, fundraising for this show. Visit patreon.com backslash xpurposex. If you go to a few shows a month, this is cheaper, way cheaper. If you're like, you know what? I'm going to give the show $5 a month, which is that that's what? $60 a year. You equate to the 52 hours of stuff I give you a year as far as these episodes are concerned. It's like Fractions you're spending like a dollar or two it's a deal basically that's what i'm saying it's it would be crazy of you to not donate that's what i'm trying to say anyways the producer for this episode as always is tom richfield visit property visit 100 wordspodcastcom and until next week and i got a really good show next week gonna do a little tease right here the story so far you've probably heard of the band quite a large band within the context of independent music one of the hot up-and-comers i have one of the members of that band on the show next week so let's talk then Be safe, everybody.